0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform that we've created to bring the Nordic community together. My name is Paul Hackett, and I'm your host. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic Managing Director here at Evolution. Thank you so much for listening and i really hope to hear from you soon please enjoy the rest of the podcast there we are how are you doing sophie okay
1: yeah very good thanks how are you doing
0: i'm very well right so for those that are listening in for the first time we'll go through some introductions before we go through the workshop i'll tell you a little bit about who i am what i do And then Sophie will tell you about what it is that she does also about her own podcast that Sophie's running within the gaming industry and why we've chosen this topic specifically to discuss. So I'm Paul, I work for Evolution Recruitment Solutions. We, I run the gaming division here and that basically means that we handle the recruitment size of freelancers uh, within the gaming industry across the whole of Europe pretty much now. And we also run a gaming podcast of our own um, because we want to be close to the gaming community. So if we know about what's going on, if we know about what the challenges are, then that's how we can do our business side of the freelance stuff to a better level. So Sophie, do you want to uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you work, what you do, and a bit about your podcast as well?
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. Um super excited to be here for a fancy online live workshop. Um, I'm currently uh, the general manager at uh, Savage Game Studio, uh, brand new studio owned by uh, PlayStation. Uh, um, and uh, before, yeah, I've worked mostly uh, the past uh, 14 years, I think, uh, mobile games, free to play. So I've worked at companies such as Gameloft, um, UGA, Rovio, and uh, mostly in product management, uh, team management, and then like now more on the company management level. And something that I've been really passionate about and why also I'm here today with a talk that I developed over time was that uh, as I was really focused on trying to make better games, I realized, well, all the focus and the work is also building a better culture for the team and eventually a company culture. And that's what led me as well to create uh, the platform of uh, conscious leadership, uh, Rise and Play, and with the podcast and a lot of insights from many other leaders of industry and uh, also doing workshop like we are doing today to uh, equip other, uh, uh, I would say, growing leaders, future leaders or current leaders that are facing those challenges. Yeah,
0: sure. You've also worked in a lot of different countries as well, um, so you'll have to adapt based on different cultures all at the same time, um, which obviously makes you almost like an expert in discussing this and the terms of that you've been in. Um, so obviously we've picked um, this topic, you know, discussing the nonviolent communication and leadership. Why specifically is this the topic that you've chosen to do a workshop on?
1: Well, that's uh, also um, a topic. Well, first of all, I have got into it more personally because I found, I think if I, were, I had the realization also during, um, I think it was during the uh, pandemic. I was building my first studio, and um, I couldn't see uh, how the team was dealing with, uh, you know, their own personal challenges at home, and we didn't really know each other, and I had also my own interpersonal uh, challenges, like personal life, and I realized, like, I, I need to have better tools, and I was reading a lot about it, and then I ended up on finding nonviolent communication. I think I discovered it through other books, huh? And uh, what the tool uh, provided was really a clear and structured framework on how to communicate uh, with others um, in a non-violent way. But what it means mostly is what I found, especially in in workplace, we're full of passion when we make games. You know, emotions are there and uh, put it the, the layer on top of being at home and feeling a bit anxious sometimes. And we don't always manage to express what we really meant to say. And then we end up caught in a very uh, emotional talk that escalates. It's like, how did we get there? And I've seen that many times in my career, I've been also entangled in those. And I thought it would be really helpful to help and support others to provide that framework. And not only for leads, actually anyone who wants to improve their communication, uh, being understood, expressing what they need uh, with their team, colleagues, or even, you know, in a relationship, friends, it helps everywhere. I hope you can take that away today.
0: Yeah, because the title itself, it's very um, provocative in terms of like non-violent communication, I think you've explained it perfectly because the gaming industry is so driven by passion, it's, it's very people can be very quick to like push on their point, what it is that they want to, you know, get into the game from a creativity standpoint. So where there's high degrees of passion, sometimes that can reflect in sometimes the language that gets used. Uh, in in the workplace. So I totally understand that. Uh, But you've also said that you uh, run your own uh, gaming podcast. Do you want to go into a bit of detail about your audience there, um, the types of topics that you cover, types of people that you get involved and so on?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, like I said, as I started the platform Play, it started actually with an online uh, masterclass. So you also find it on the website uh, of ryzenplay.io. The thing is that I have observed like we are still a young industry and I saw many uh, um, new companies and also young team leads and having taking responsibility quickly because it's just growing super fast. And I I saw as we are taking the roles and responsibility, the knowledge is not catching up. So I saw really a gap in terms of management, uh, leadership skills that we were missing for anyone who is a a new leader. And it's not just enough to be just competent in your job. But what is it what what uh, does it imply uh, in terms of uh, communication responsibility, self-awareness? Basically, when you are a leader of a group, you are a multiplier. You are not an individual contributor anymore. And not everyone understands the switch. And so what I wanted to provide with that platform was um knowledge, my own experience building a studio from scratch when I was at Voodoo. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved into, um The podcast, which uh, open uh, the knowledge to other leaders of industry. So there, I've invited uh, many executive CEO to CEO or team lead or even senior people, um all the levels that have responsibility to share their experience and how uh, they practice, like self awareness, how they manage the team, how they communicate, how they do change management. So you can find um a lot of resources there. How uh, also to um, have difficult conversation, uh, managing up, those things that we don't talk so much about. So I wanted to also offer uh, more content talking about leadership, like the important thing. How do you build a company culture? Um, because I saw as well a bit of an imbalance in all the talks of tactical talks around how do we make this game a hit game, make money, or a marketing strategy, and all of those are necessary, but there were not so many, um so much content at least on. Specifically, leadership, and uh, yeah, and the audience there are basically anyone who is interested in leading one day or already leading, and so it's a platform to learn a lot from each other. And I have a community of leaders who every day share insights, uh, you know, on the Slack to to address some typical I don't know challenges. How do we make our salary transparent in the organization, for example? How uh, what are the implications? Uh, how do we design a workplace? That is um, inclusive uh, for parents when they return to work. How do we make it uh, easier for them? Uh, so, those kind of conversations, like very progressive, that are happening also on on those channels?
0: So, also this topic that we're going to discuss today. Is that something that you've covered in one of your podcasts before, or is this something that's come on the outside, um, or is it something that you've wanted to do personally?
1: So I have not covered it in the podcast, so that's a great opportunity today, so it's the first time we do it live, uh, at least with a a wider audience. I have done it uh, as an internal workshop, actually, a leadership workshop to train uh, the whole company about the principle of nonviolent communication, and uh, I did this as well in leadership workshop when I was in Finland. So it was mostly internal uh, knowledge, so I'm happy to share it uh, outside like, to a broader audience today.
0: Brilliant. Well, I say that we should kick off with the uh, workshop then. So if you want to uh, share your screen, we'll go through that. That will take, for those listening, it will take around about 25 to 30 minutes, give or take, to go through the podcast. To, sorry, to go through the workshop. If anybody has any questions throughout, pop them in the channel and I'll distribute them to Sophie as she's going through it. But... um. I'm a bit of a chat boss myself anyway, so if I come up with a question, I'll just throw it out there anyway. So let's uh kick off with that then.
1: Yeah. Uh do you see well the presentation? It's all good.
0: Not yet. Have you hit share screen and click the right one?
1: Uh yes. I'm sharing uh, I'm going to share again. Ah, there we are. Okay. Oh good. Thanks.
0: Well. All
1: right, let's get started. So I, I already share a bit about nonviolent communication and yeah, it's a provocative um. Uh, name word, and that's why I was really intrigued when I started to get into it. So uh, let me start first with um, uh, definition and um, what is nonviolent communication, or we uh, talk more about it as as NVC. So nonviolent communication, and I took this from a book, I'll, sh- I'll share the reference later, is also called compassionate communication or collaborative communication. It's basically an approach uh, to communication based on principle of nonviolence. So that's kind of a more official definition, but um, let me elaborate more here where it's really not a technique to um, end disagreements, to, to prove your point right. So it's not a technique to to convince or persuade others, but it's really to understand the other viewpoints. So the goal here is not to uh, have your point across or reason someone, but it's to underst- find the language to understand each other and listen to each other. So the focus here is really understanding the other and that's a very important principle in non-violent communication and where it's effective because on both sides you are coming from a place where you want to understand more each other and then are open to listen to each other and i'll give example uh, later it's harder to make it work when on the other side you have someone who's trying to show you right or you are doing this and using this method it is it's going to end in an emotional way as well so that's really important as a premise when you are approaching uh, using the framework what is the intention of the talk and what are the key outcomes today for you as you i'm sharing more about nonviolent communication framework uh, first is some tools to express more with kindness in general because uh what is triggering people usually and where why talks get in an emotional state is what people think they heard from you understood from you so there was confusion uh and then you, you what you say may appear unkind so When most of the time people come with best intention of what they want to say, but don't express it in the way they can. So here it's helping you to express your thoughts fully with kindness and being able to express yourself how you feel. And it's also not an uncommon word in the workplace, but I explain about that without this being seen as a blame or critique. And the other outcome is not just also here giving and and, uh, giving your feedback, giving how you feel, but receiving as well. Learning how to receive when someone else is uh, expressing to you how they feel, what they need. And are you also uh, kind and are you receiving with empathy what you hear? So like I said, it, it has to be on both sides to work fully. Uh, because yeah, if one side is trying and the other is not empathetic, uh, then it's it's a little harder.
0: Yeah, I think that se- that second point that you made there, in terms of receiving it, a lot of the times, depending on the mood that you're in, that can impact greatly how you take feedback from somebody. Because they may say it in a perfectly reasonable way, but if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, as they say, you know, everything that you're hearing come at you it might just be all negative. Do you know what I mean? So learning how to handle receiving feedback or you know, is you know, definitely an important tool to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like I said as well, like the way you receive is important because you can also sometimes discard some, imagine someone is trying to approach you with an NVC way and despite their efforts, it's like you brushing off their needs. So it's, it's, it's important to be aware when a person also is using that framework. And I also uh, share later more practical tools The best is like announcing it when you get into the talk. I'm going to use the NVC framework to express what I said because there's something that is heavy for me to express so I'll use the framework so the two parties are aware. So it's a very simple framework, uh, simple to understand, uh, much harder to apply but I'll go through it today. So first step uh, is observation, Uh, second step is feelings, feeling the feelings, expressing. Third is understanding the needs, and expressing those and then that is how do you uh, frame the request or what you want to ask so i'll go through all the steps of the framework and what that means so examples first on observation so the first step of the framework is you have to observe what has happened so usually there's something you want to say and um something you uh that offended you or something that upset you so before even getting started collect the facts, what have happened. So what is an observation? It's not what you think. Uh, It's really important to separate it from a judgment, but it's what you can see, hear, or touch. Um, A fact is not an interpretation of subjective opinion of an event. And that's what we have, and we confuse most of the time. What we see or what we think or interpret, we take this as facts, and this is where also it it goes in a really, uh, I would say, heavy conversation. Um, Yeah. And a a good trick I use usually to for you to ask yourself what is an observation imagine you are an um an a uh, uh, cinema set and you're watching a scene and if you are through a camera lens what you see you are able to describe that's a fact if for example you see a character oh that person is uh, feels off- upset because they frowning their face whatever this is already a judgment but uh, what you see the person is doing, if they are raising their hands or shake, I don't know something they do, that is a fact. Or if they are leaving the room, raising their voice, it's a fact. But what's happening inside them, it's not a fact. So it's really important to focus on observation as you approach the conversation. And I give concrete example here, so an NVC example, like typical example of workplace. When I mentioned to him the negative news, he frowned his face, he stayed silent for a moment, stopped smiling. He said, okay. So all the sentences I'm, I'm giving here are just facts, descriptive. I'm not even making an interpretation. I'm, I'm explaining uh, like like in a script what has happened. What is not uh, an observation is in the same situation when I mentioned to him the negative news, use, use, he looked dissatisfied. He stopped talking because he was upset. So it's already an interpretation of from my end of what Present. I think has happened, yes. He said things were okay. Well, I know it's not true, and then what happens? Even another layer, it's my own judgment. He's a liar and not trustworthy, and that happens all the time as we are having conversation and as we observe the situation. So remind yourself as well: Is this a feeling? Is this a judgment you're having, or is this a fact? As you are collecting, like what has happened, trying to analyze. And the second step is feelings. So feelings, what are they? And it's a really hard one because not everyone is connected to the feelings. Understand what are feelings uh usually feelings you can feel them through body emotions and sensations so it's again it, it's requires some skills training uh to understand what is the body sensation but i give example for example when you have ang- anger usually you have a bit of like it feels sore uh, around the shoulder neck and you know it's like you feel a bit stuck like just... yeah yeah so you can recognize when you're angry when there's uh fear it's more in the stomach in the guts is like uh, there's something that i I'm anxious, you know, Um, and uh, sadness is the chest, uh, um, in the chest, and the pain. So being able to locate your feelings, the body sensation, and identifying uh, the emotions. So this is another piece of work that I'm not getting into today, but that's a very important part because then you are able to express what's happening. Uh, But that's a a fundamental step to be able to uh, communicate with the other. And what is happening most of the time in the workplace especially is that we are confusing feelings and thoughts. So we have a lot of thoughts coming and it's like, I I feel something or I feel and it's not feelings. And I'll give example here. Um, when we say I feel that, I feel that uh, um, you uh, have disappointed me or you have done something in my back or I feel that it was unfair. It is not a feeling, it's a thought. So. A good trick here, every time you have a that after feel, you know that it's not a feeling. Because a feeling is, I feel da-da-da, something, it's an adjective. And I'm giving you a list of many negative feelings here. And we are not so uh, emotionally literate when it comes to emotions and express ourselves. But there are many, many adjectives and words to express an emotion. And those are examples of emotions. And usually we say, I feel good, I feel bad. That's a very binary uh, kind of a level of expression, but as we develop our vocabulary, there are many ways of expressing the palette of emotion. So again, I'm not going into that today, but it's just to be aware that when you don't have uh, the, the, uh, the word to express the emotion, maybe you can spend more time thinking, thinking or feeling it to identify what's happening. And so what happens when we confuse feeling and thoughts? Well, uh, an NVC example here, I remove that and I say, I felt anxious of not knowing what was going on in his mind. Um, that's the feeling and I'm feeling, so, so something not knowing what was going on in his mind is what is affecting me and I feel anxious as a consequence. What is not a good example, I felt, which actually thought, that he was angry at me. That's, that's kind of a, I'm doing a shortcut here, but basically, That person, what he has done, is making me feel angry. That's their fault, you know, so it's already in the blaming mode. uh, And um, we are already interpreting a lot of things. So it's really important to separate once again your feeling and what has caused it. But it's your feeling. It's yours. No one has made you feel this way. It's inside you. It's it's, you are feeling the feeling. So it's important to own as well the feeling. And then needs. uh, Coming to the needs. uh, uh, by the way, this is used a lot in uh, uh, psychotherapy and uh, relationship therapy. So uh, in case you can relate to that more, we uh, need them.
0: But this is all basically to allow us to be able to communicate with our colleagues and friends and family better so that we can actually not just tell them how we feel in a more literate way, but also why. So you're combining the feeling and the thought and not getting them confused, essentially, on that point.
1: Exactly, yes, yes. And so for the needs, um the needs is uh, the other component after the feelings, and they are universal human needs. So what's the principle behind here? We all as humans have needs, like no one has no needs. It's, it's not true. If you think you don't have needs, you do have needs and you have the right to have needs. You have the right to have them and you have the right to uh, serve them and you have the right to express them. So that's the foundation of like human uh, rights and respect. And so... um When a negative feeling uh, is happening, is triggered during a conflict. It is, uh, you can use that as a more uh, um, emotional compass to understand that one of your needs were not met. So it's usually what's happening. If you feel angry, sad, or frustrated, anxious, something that you needed didn't happen, and so there's something that needs to be brought to light. And like I said, everyone, and this is where as well, it's important in a company to create the environment where everyone as as an individual feels like they are accepted as a human with their rights. And you are not just here to work and leave your feelings at the door because we don't care about your feelings. It's, it's not very welcoming and it's not very realistic. So here for people who are at our organizational level leaders, are you creating the place where people feel that they need, need to be respected because they are?
0: Yeah. I was going to say that goes beyond leadership though. That's everybody across the yes. entire organization
1: yes so reads um there's two layers of that so first is understanding the feeling so with a previous example i've been anxious of not knowing what was going on in his mind the need and this is taking some reflection work so again this takes practice journaling time go for a walk Uh, some people go for a run whatever whatever works when you have like you because what's happening with a feeling your nervous system is activated, so you're thinking very narrow. So suddenly, everything that looks positive looks negative. All the opportunities become like constraints. So when you are overwhelmed, it's important to take a step back. Don't do anything. You're not thinking in your most intelligent mind. So uh, take down, like lower the nervous system, and then you can actually understand the need. And like in that example, what is the need? And it's an example also for myself, so that's why I wrote it with the I. <clears throat> the need is I needed security and reassurance that this person will not uh, do to harm me. That's that's more what's the need behind me feeling like why am I anxious? I'm I'm afraid uh, and I need some some sign that it's okay actually that uh, that person will not uh, do any harm for me. It's an example but it's really important in the process that you separate the feeling from the need because for the last part what are we expressing? So the last part, which is the most important one in the communication, so all the things I shared before are really more the background work. It's like you don't need the other person to be there and sitting and watch, looking at you while you're doing this. So it's better to always make time. Time is on your side to process, and then you frame your request. So request it's important as well. They are not demands. So you're not demanding something. I demand you to respect me. I demand reassurance. It's always uh, a wish. You're expressing a wish, a request, and that means also the person has the right to say no to this, and it's also okay. So when that happens, it's really important as well to create kind of this more nurturing environment. You don't get triggered by a no, because then that means like, okay, it's a demand. But understanding as well, maybe the person has their own triggers, has their own needs unmet, and there's a reason why they say no. What is preventing them from saying no? So you can also use that like as a tool when there's a no in your request. Why is there a no? What is preventing? And maybe it's the chance, eh, tell me, tell me what is, what is preventing you from saying no, I want to understand. And then the other one, it will start to do the NVC framework as well. So example here, a counter example of what is not a request. I don't like when you are staying silent. This is not very professional. So let's say you have done the whole process like, okay. I'm super pumped, I'm anxious, I'm angry, and I'm going to communicate to my boss or my colleague. I'm not happy about them, right? And so I started the conversation. I don't like when you're saying, silent, this is not very professional. You always do that, which makes me feel nervous. Can you tell me what's going on? What do you think, by the way, is happening when you approach someone like this?
0: <laughs> it's very combative, isn't it? Uh, you're basically giving a direct statement and telling them exactly what it is and you know, they're not going to approach, a- approach that response well. So you're already starting the conversation on the wrong foot. Um, yes. you we know, are seeking to understand the reason behind why they're staying silent in the first place, because we all have people in those, me- in our meetings that don't contribute as much, um, it- it at times. So understanding why they're potentially not contributing, uh, give it, get you know seeking to understand why is always better than just saying you're super quiet that's not very professional and it's very direct and you just going to cause an argument by saying that
1: exactly and it starts already with um i want i i highlighted here um deliberately some words that i would uh, highly recommend you remove from your your first sentence uh because it starts on a negative um uh, mindset so starting with negative sentences i don't want this i don't like this i don't it's uh the brain doesn't uh integrate the no so it's like it's it's like you know it's sorry negative with I don't want so it's already woe and there's a judgment this is not very professional so I'm making a judgment by saying that by the person staying silent this is not very professional, but it's not true actually it's my judgment but I make it as a truth so this is already uh setting the person to defend themselves because it's an insult it could be taken as an insult and then there's an extrapolating statement, which is usually when you find yourself using never, you never, uh, you know, you never give me a compliment or you always forget to do this. This is extrapolating and this is also lead to an extreme conversation that will start to extrapolate and polarize.
0: You go right to the extreme straight away.
1: Yeah. uh, So a few tips here. Yeah, don't start the request with a negative statement. Uh, Remove all the judgments so you can... Practice by writing what you have to say and then filter. So that's what I do usually. It's like, okay, not necessary. Remove, remove. And remove always and never. And then you have a very clean sentence. And so what is an NVC example? Starting with a framework. Observation. I noticed you stay silent about the uh, the news I shared. That's the observation. I noticed what has happened. And then feeling in need. I feel anxious of not knowing what you are thinking and start to imagine the worst, like losing my job. That's all what's happening in my head, right? So that's that's me. And the request is, so I have shared actually the part, like all that part, this is how I communicate. Would you be willing to share further what is going through your mind? Because I just don't know. And that's, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm making up already my own narrative and it, it makes me anxious, anxious. But I'm not blaming you, it's not your fault, but I'm asking you to give me more insights. And that's a much more inviting request, because then the focus suddenly is not about the other, but it's about you. So I'm the one owning the fact that I'm anxious and I'm creating my own uh, narrative and I'm asking for help actually. And and then you will have actually the help when you approach the conversation like this, because the person is not trying to prove, to defend themselves because you started with the attack.
0: Yeah. And it all, it doesn't always need to reflect. All all the way down to like losing your job it can just be like a disagreement on how to proceed in like in the roadmap for example if that person has just stayed silent on expectations and what they want when you've been like delivering your presentation and then that's there's different areas it doesn't always have to go straight to the whole worst case scenario it could be about smaller things as well but going through your personal what you've witnessed then explaining your feelings around the situation and thoughts and so on, and then making a request after the fact, just makes it very clear rather than just being very direct with one of those previous statements as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And the thing about the example of losing the job, it's taken a real life example, because I have found myself receiving it where I was surprised at what was happening in the mind of the other person. So sometimes we don't know where everyone is in their own mental state and and with you know, anxiety from different angles you'd never know actually and then it explains the behavior or sometimes like why uh, they're a bit you know triggered easily what's going on right so it's very helpful as well as a in a position of leadership to understand that when people are safe enough to share it with the right frame like vocabulary it makes it easier let's put it this way but i have also used it my uh on my end to talk in extreme like how how far i thought because i was really missing insights and like there's an environment of insecurity and lack of transparency where that was the thought that was on my mind and that was what was creating the anxiety. Although I knew it wasn't true, but it was a good insight to tell the person that's how where my mind is, so they have empathy uh, to understand that it's it, it's it's a, a worrying topic for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And at last, uh, so this is really the end, like uh, of a core content of a workshop because I, I like to hear maybe testimonials or questions and based also on practices because I've led many teams and I I can share maybe some insights. What can you do? Um, Like taking away from uh, what I shared today, I'm happy to share the presentation as well, uh, Paul, later for your network and so on. Um, Use the framework. And this is like the most simple form I have found because if you want to go complex and so on, but I like simple rules to create easily habits. And so it's an example of uh, framework steps and you just follow the script. And you just fill out with an empty you know, part like, when I na, 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 see here, I feel na, 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 because I need na, 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 Would you please na, na, na. And then you just you know, fill in the blanks and practice it, whatever you need to uh, say. And that's my best advice. And it's like uh, training a muscle. And after you've done it 10 times, 100 times, it'd be so much part of you that you won't even think about it. So, that, that's, I would say, the easiest way to get there, to practicing. Um, and if you want to go more into elaborated framework, th- there are other resources that I put there, On the, it's the same steps, but it's a bit more elaborated, like if you want to be original <laughs> about your approach, but the point is not about being original, and you have also uh, other resources to um, widen your vocabulary of emotions and the needs you have, right? to understand really what are um, what are the theories behind it. Because re- today I'm delivering really more of a practical tool, but it's yeah. uh, also helpful to understand the theory behind why it is, it is a framework and why it's been built this way. And it touches more on psychology and human needs, etc. So if you really want to understand it fully, then just take the book, which I recommend. And it goes much more in detail of, of the whole background. And I recommend it highly for... Leaders, because then you have you have more of a depth to understand and explain, and even train uh, people in your team or uh, who are around you. So my final thought is, like I said, it's like training. You have to go to the gym every day in practice, and that's the only way to incorporate it. And invite others to do it with you. So the um, I would say the most effective way I've seen in workplace is when I deliver a training. Everyone is aware that with the same knowledge, and we start to talk about it. I like to use the NBC framework today in our conversation. Or I want to express something. I use the NBC framework and everyone is aware. So you're setting the stage already for others to receive and also to express the same way and keep practicing. So yeah, that's it for today. Thank you.
0: And it's got to start with leadership, doesn't it? You know, to me, um, it's it's got to start from the top. And as long as all the leaders within an organization are on board with how to handle those conversations and it's just going to make it a lot easier for team members to have those conversations with each other as well so it's like a leading by example so to speak if that's the kind of culture that you're creating on how to address issues and disagreements using this method rather than jumping straight to the whole you're wrong i don't believe you're doing this Mm -hmm. xyz um yeah you, you create the culture of allowing people to express themselves properly then there'll be less attrition you know it's mean people will be more comfortable happier in the companies that they're at so yeah i totally agree love that thank you so much for sharing that sophie for sure um so now is the time for um the q and a and we did actually have some questions from the newsletter that we sent out when we um when we shared the fact that we were going to do this workshop, so one of the first ones, obviously, you've decided to create this uh, workshop presentation. So one of them was asking, "Can you share a personal experience when you successfully used nonviolent communication to resolve a conflict?" So a personal example that you've used in the workplace.
1: Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to pick one that was the most. Um... I um, I think I remember at my time at Boudou, there was um, a change of management. Mm-hmm. A new uh, management team coming in, and uh, it created a lot of uncertainty and security uh, for us as a new studio. We were building the new casual studio, and uh, with my new boss uh, coming from King, uh, there was a lot of new goals, expectation, and so on. And I was like, yes, 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 okay, let's go, let's go. And then I was not really... Uh, fully aligned or on uh, supporting it. And I was really unsure, anxious about it, because I didn't know, okay, maybe our studio will shut down in a in few months. So it, it started really to hit me inside and also affect my team, because even in the way I communicated, it was a bit unclear. So I, I had to do something about it. And um, I have tried few times where I came and I was really like also nervous. And then I didn't make any sense of what I was saying. Uh, Probably that's how he received. And my boss was like, "Uh, I don't understand what's happening, what you're doing. And like, uh, so the conversation just didn't go through. So I was like just hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And at some point he decided, you know what? I'll be vulnerable. I need to share how I'm feeling because otherwise I'm just going around the pot. And then I'm not talking about the real issue. And I, I, I started the conversation with him when I was determined to clear what I needed. And the framework helped me like I, I I missed basically strategic goals. I missed the context. I missed the management discussion, top down uh, like top management happened that were happening. That was a fact. And um then I felt really like anxious. So admitting meeting, as well in a conversation with a boss, like he's uh, like VP you know of uh, a department, It's uh, very uncomfortable, but I, I took my chances and I said, I feel really anxious, insecure because I, um, I'm, I'm questioning myself and my future here, where I don't know if my team will still be safe. And, you know, I work really hard to build that team. I care about our future. So I need, uh, I would like to ask you, please, that information about this, this financials and And that actually, the conversation went really well, because the focus was exactly on my request. Mm-hmm. And then I had been sighted, and then he told me you're not going to close in six months, but uh, if you don't meet the goals a year from now or with those numbers, there will be conversation where your studio might close. And that was actually more reassuring for me to know the time I had, the goals, what was expected of me, than not knowing anything and starting. A
0: hard conversations yes. in
1: my but head, yes. At
0: least there's some time for <laughs>
1: yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Involved. So you're not just guessing and going about your day as if nothing's wrong. Do you know what I mean? So.
1: And it helped me have structure because I was entering this conversation with the anxiety. So I, what what was happening? then I could see the um, uh, frustration of my uh, former manager, and he was like, "I don't understand." And so we were we were like just talking fluff for uh, thirty minutes and not covering any topic. And so he was frustrated. I was. And when I said, at least I need to structure what I'm asking, and it's managing up basically. And that was very helpful as well. So you want to bring uh, something to your also su- uh, supervisor boss. It's a very helpful framework. Um, and it it has its place to say, I feel something. You're not like saying I'm emotional, but you are sharing your feelings so the person can relate to your current you know, situation.
0: Yeah, very cool. And we've also had a question in our Slack channel as well, which is how do you approach these conversations when people aren't the person on the other side of the conversation is resilient to this method because you can be approaching it in a very you know um you know non-hostile way but if they're just not in the mental state to receive that kind of conversation it can just be combative in how do you handle those situations where you just know the person you're speaking to just isn't going to not conform, but be on board with having that style of conversation.
1: Um, the preparation of, or the preparation or a briefing of the conversation is actually very important before you get in the conversation. So even if a person is not on par or a fan or would believe in the approach, you can always announce that, A, there's something really important for me to express or share with you because I feel hurt of something that has happened. And unless you have something really like I would say uh, not with good intention, everyone would care and say, oh, I, I heard another one. I, I'm going to listen, right? So you can start a conversation. This is something important for me to share, and I would like to use that framework I know of. If I, it has never been trained in the company, and you share like the simple framework because it helps me give structure. Uh, would you Would you agree to have a conversation and listen to what I have to say while I'm using this framework? So you ask consent before yeah, and I would say, with how I share it, I would be really surprised if someone really that is supposed to be a colleague and a good team team collaborator saying no to this. And then if they say no, it's another problem where that person should even be in your team because that means they don't care about you and your feelings, right? And that's uh, I I doubt that many people would consciously say, no, I'm not going to listen to you and acknowledge that I hurt or I that you are hurt, right? Yeah. So.
0: So this framework is very good for preparation of one-to-ones meetings that you're planning on having, not currently in. So when we're dealing with trying to manage our, you know, the language that we use, say that you're involved in a conversation that's already started, which, you know, is just a meeting that's already been ongoing um, and something gets brought up in that meeting, which has caused somebody to react in a combative way or of, of using violent communication so to speak if you don't have the time to prep that conversation to say that we're going to use this framework or you know previously say i want to have this kind of conversation if you're in the middle of a conversation already and it starts going down that path how do you suggest getting it back on track
1: so that's also part of the perks of uh, working remote this is really one of the tough because uh, there, there's on-site you see when someone is upset you, you see when there's like temperature up in the room and like st- people start to uh, interrupt each other uh, like raise the voice so there are very strong signals when you see like emotion g- start to get and the, uh, more judgment and uh, and not making any sense as well when talking so when you are on site you can ca- catch those things when you are uh, like in a call it's really hard but I, I there are a few cues again like you have a person starting to repeat themselves, interrupting each other and uh, like talking really fast so you can catch those cues. And when you catch yourself in a group or one-on-one, it's like time out. Like one has to stop the one being aware, like time out, I, I sense. So it's good to say I sense. So I perceive, I have the impression. So not to say we are emotional here, again, moving away from judgment. I have the impression that the conversation has escalated to some... Maybe not productive or uh, constructive, uh, you know, uh, talk. Could You're
0: we pausing the conversation just? Like... Yes,
1: yeah, so always like take a step back and let's refocus. Or maybe could should we use the framework to maybe understand? Because I'm not understanding your point. I'm not understanding the the issue. What what is the blocker for you? I really try to understand, but I don't understand in this form. Would should we try the NVC framework? to understand what's, what's the issue at stake here, right?
0: And I suppose if you use it enough, you don't need to say, should we try this framework? It should just come naturally after time to actually implement and use it.
1: Yeah. Um, like that, that's the main thing here, never work with assumptions. So it's, it doesn't hurt to mention it. Yeah. So uh, it's true that now I think for the people who have used it, because we are both aware, like we are both advocate of it. We don't need to announce it. And, uh when we recognize, it's like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. And, uh, either we acknowledge it's like, okay, we are talking in NVC, cool. Or we don't have to say anything and it's like playing with, uh, so I have noticed as well when people are using it and sometimes I acknowledge, sometimes I don't, but then I, I, I know in which mode I should be because I want to respect the fact that they had the courage to use it. You know, it's, you want to encourage as well people to practice it.
0: Yeah, that's totally right. we got one question from Enlessio. I said, who said, is the point of this framework of bringing the status of the other person to a more human level?
1: Yes. So we are basically the, the, the title, uh, your own view, your right to, because there's also a power dynamic and so on here, we are on the same level as humans with human needs. And so when you start to talk about your feeling, it doesn't matter what's the title of the other person or where, what's their position. Because you can relate to them, to the emotions they have. If somebody tells you like, I'm very, very anxious, you know how it felt to feel very anxious and then suddenly you can empathize for the other and you can look at them as someone who's feeling really anxious, like your friend, and suddenly it changes the lens on how you receive and and look at the person in a more human way. And that's really something I'd love to see a bit more in workplaces because, I mean, we're just not here with a hat and a title and and doing our work and logging off, right? We are... (laughs) Fully whole with our emotions and the whatever is going through our mind, our body uh, during the day. Yeah,
0: oh, totally cool. Yeah, so we've had some people mention as well in the chat about the invite time being 12 noon UK, which is actually a time zone issue when we actually set it up through LinkedIn. So apologies to those that m- will have missed the start, but this will be available to review and listen back to. Um, And if you do have any questions, then post a comment in the uh, chat afterwards and we can get back to them and me and Sophie can, you know, go through those questions and get them through. But if you do have any questions now, then feel free to uh, throw them in. But um, Sophie, is there anything else that you'd like to add on this topic? I know we've gone through quite a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, I'd say here the focus again uh, is uh, really to connect with your teammates uh, or even per anyone in your personal life so it's really connecting on a human level and it helps everything uh, collaboration uh, business outcome whatever result you want to look at it just uh, improve the quality of your life so I highly recommend framework for me it has changed a lot uh, my life and my relationship
0: yeah amazing so just to recap, uh, Sophie also runs her own gaming podcast called Rise and Play. I put the link to that um, on the screen there for you guys to go and run after. Um, Sophie, for those that are just joining now, do you want to just give a brief overview about what kind of topics and people that, again, that you uh, speak to on that channel?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a beauty for, uh... hey, hey, everyone, for coming in. So we had like already an hour of, uh, yeah. I wouldn't say like, Fun, but deep insights. Yeah. Um, but um, as you can go through the recording, uh, hopefully uh, soon today, I'm covering really with a, a NVC framework, uh clear four steps on how you can communicate better with your teammates, with your manager, or even interpersonal any relationship, from personal life to understand the other on what is really the need you have behind a conflict. Because most of the time, when you have a conflict. We, foc- we tend to focus more on the. It's more like the. Um, uh, I would say the available conscious surface of the brain where you are focusing on what the other did wrong, what you didn't get, and uh, instead of focusing on what you feel, how you receive the thing, how you interpret things, and so it reshuffles basically uh, the whole perception of an event that is a conflict into owning more what's happening in you, your feelings, and being a- able to express with confidence your need and what you're asking and then you're much more respected for that and listened uh, because the focus is more on your need and your request rather than your interlocutor focusing on defending themselves. So it helps is just move on everything, every conflict that you can have at work or in your life.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to, you know, run this workshop today on our channel, much, much appreciated. Uh, everybody, you know, connect with Sophie, you know, check out her podcast. Um, I've always loved the conversations I've had with her myself. So, you know, I'm sure you'll love the podcast that she releases at the same time. Uh, we also have our own podcast as well, which, you know, you can find through the QR code above me and you can get Sophie's channel below. So thanks everybody that managed to tune in. Apologies that the time didn't quite work out when it was put onto LinkedIn, but we've seen quite a lot of people tune in as well anyway. So I really do appreciate you guys joining in. So thank
1: you. Nice one. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks so much. Cheers, Sophie. Bye.
1: Bye, bye. Take care.